Amen. You may be seated. When I was uh, with you last, which was a couple of Wednesdays ago, we talked about winning souls together with God, winning souls together with God. And so that actually was the title of my message. And I want to continue uh, with that message uh, tonight, winning souls together with God. I believe that the season, the time that we are in currently, I believe that God has positioned the church to be available to win people into his kingdom. And I believe that the harvest is more ripe than ever before in human history. When you see things going on around us, Jesus says, don't let those things uh, get you distracted. These things are going to happen. And so it's so interesting because the hearts of people are thirsting for God. People are thirsty for God. I was leaving the the office last night and... um, on my way to my vehicle, uh, there was a, a kid uh, in the back parking lot here. We have uh, basketball goals back there, and he was shooting baskets. So I go over to him, and of course I ask him where did he live, and actually he uh, lives right there in their ranch there. He's 14 years old, Craig. And so I started talking to him uh, on a spiritual level, and he said, I asked him, what church do you, do you happen to attend a good church in town? He said, well, the last time I remember going to church, was, I was about three or four years old. And I said, well, have you had an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior? He said, I don't know what you're talking about. And so I began to witness to him, and I presented the gospel to him, and he received Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. And in him receiving the Lord, I thought this was quite easy. I mean, there was no resistance. There was no uh, questioning. He just simply prayed the prayer of salvation And in that moment of time, he was delivered from the power of darkness, and he was translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And now he's a child of God. Now he's my brother. He's your brother. Now God is his father. Whereas a few seconds earlier, the devil was his father. Y'all say, well, why do you say that? <laughs> well, Jesus said it, actually. Those who are in the world, their father is Satan. Why? Because there in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the Bible says that, that uh, in whom the God of this world, speaking of the devil, that's a little g, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who believe not. So Satan is the God of this world, 
And those who are servants of the world, those are his children. But Craig is no longer his child. I was uh, picking my mother-in-law up on Sunday. Uh, she's um, uh, living in an uh, assisted living facility. And I walk up to the, uh, the, the receptionist counter, and Rosa, we began to talk a little bit. Well, I have to let you know that I'm not going to talk very long about casual things. Because, look, eternity is real, eternity is serious, and the way a person's eternity is determined is in this earth. Because once you take your last breath, you don't have the opportunity. So I started talking to Rosa about spiritual things. And Rosa was very receptive, no hesitation, She's in the kingdom of God now. She's a child of God now. Listen, the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. Jesus, he said it like this in the gospel of John 4.35. Jesus says, say not, wait until four months and then the harvest is ready. Jesus says, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Look at the fields. For the harvest is white now. It is ready now. And, and, and people are ready. People are getting all type of uh, things from this world system and from the, the father of this world. And it's not very pretty. I said, it's not very pretty. So we have uh, staff prayer here at uh, the church every day, Monday through Friday at 1130. So I was walking from my office to staff prayer. We have it over here in the prayer room. And uh, there is a Brinks driver. His name is Edward. And I began to talk to Edward about his life. I began to talk to Edward about spiritual things. Edward is in the kingdom of God right now. Edward's father is God right now. He's my brother. He's your brother now. Listen, this is serious stuff. And Jesus says, be mindful of the signs of the time. So, so when, 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 when Jesus says something like this, you have to understand that people are always on his mind and his heart. So be mindful. So we quoted a, uh, a scripture uh, when uh, we were here a couple of weeks ago. There in the book of Matthew 24, 14. And, and, and that scripture says, this gospel of the kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all of the world, listen, as a witness, as a witness. And he says to all nations, 
But there's not a period behind all nations because Jesus went on to say, then the end will come. Then the end will come. And so we uh, who are here in the body of Christ, we who are believers, we are the saints of God, we the instruments of God, we the vessels of God, we who God intends and desires to use as instruments in his hand to get them in the barn. Get them in the barn. It's harvest time. Get them in the barn. Get them in the barn. And so, it's not a, a very difficult thing, really. And, and the reason I'm preaching on this, again tonight, is because of the season that we're in. The season that we're in. I was talking with uh, uh, Rose and Jesus yesterday, right? Jesus, he's a member of the church here. And uh, he's also an electrician, and he's doing some work here uh, at the church. And Jesus says, um, I borrowed this guy. <laughs> and I said to myself, oh, you go around borrowing people? He says, I borrowed this guy to work with me today, right? And he started talking to the guy about uh, spiritual things. And Jesus says, it was so easy. It was so easy to get him into the kingdom. Jose is now, that's the guy who was working with him, he's now a child of God. He's now in the kingdom of God. He's now in the family of God. So I was talking with Rose as well at the same time. And Rose is employed at the hospital. And this, she's at Summerlin but she also goes to UMC. So she was telling me that she went there uh, because someone was about to expire. And she went there. Uh, it was late, she says. They called for uh, someone to come, uh, you know, from a, a spiritual background, chaplain. No one shows up. And so she's there, and she prays for a person while she's there at the hospital. And then she said that I, 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 after that, I was leaving the hospital, and I, I, had, this, I had this impression uh, as I was passing about four or five people in the uh, lobby, I had this impression to go over and talk with them. And I went over and talked with them, but they spoke Spanish, so we could not communicate. But yet, I called somebody who could speak Spanish. And they were gracious enough to come from their home to UMC Hospital. And in their own language, she began to witness to them. And they're all four or five of them are in the kingdom of God tonight. Why? Because the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. People are ready. So then, we also quoted a scripture uh, when we were with you last from the book of uh, Romans, right? Romans chapter 10, verse 13. What does it say? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved. Notice that 
It did not say whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord, they might get saved or or maybe they can get saved or or I got to think about it for a little while. Whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say, how can they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear in whom they don't have a preacher? There is no preacher. They can't know. And how can he preach when he has not been sent? Let me tell you, saints, we have been commissioned and we have been sent. We have been commissioned and we have been sent. And because People are so valuable to God because he thought enough to die for them. God does not want to leave them in that place of hopelessness. I say this, I say this sometimes when I'm witnessing to people. And that is, Jesus said it. (laughs) I remember one time, I was at a hotel casino, and I was in the restroom. And uh, I had this uh, prompting to uh, witness to this guy who was in the restroom. And... I go over to witness to him, but he was busy. He had to get back to his table and gamble, right? So I blocked the door. And this is the last thing I said to him. I said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Last thing I said to him. Listen, you say, well, man, that's a bit aggressive, isn't it? Maybe. It might be a little aggressive, but his soul is worth a lot more to me and to God. Tomorrow is not promised to those who are in the world. They can wake up today, and it'd be their very last day. So, I want to take you to a a, a scripture uh, there in Philippians 2.13. Very familiar verse of scripture, because I want you to understand that you are not alone in this. That is, in your witness and effort for the Lord Jesus Christ. I also want you to understand that really the part that we play in this whole effort is very small. It's very small. And so look there to um, Philippians chapter 2 and uh, verse 13. 
It says, this is a New King James Version. It says, for it is God, everybody say it's God, who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I want to read that from a, a, another translation. Arthur S. Way uh, translation reads, it, reads this way, verse 13. It is God who is all the while, everybody say all the while, supplying the impulse, giving you the power to resolve, the strength to perform the execution of his good pleasure. And then Amplified Bible reads this way, verse 13. Not in your own strength, everybody say not in my strength, for it is God, say that, it is God. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. I tell you what, how many believe that when you allow God to work with you and you are getting people into the kingdom of God, God is delighted, God is satisfied, God is, oh, he's overwhelmed. The Bible says that when one come into the kingdom of God, all of heaven rejoices. There's some rejoicing going on. And God is working with us. He, is, he gives us the desire. He gives us the power. He gives us the ability. So, so, so then, what does that make us? It makes us vessels. Instruments. Right? Do you know that an instrument in and of itself cannot produce any music. Right, Minister Floyd? Can't produce a thing. It has to yield to the musician. Correct? Listen, we are Christ's instruments in the hand of God, and he is the master musician. So when we yield to him, look, when we yield to him, he makes the music. He causes it to happen. There is, there is yielding that has to take place. We have to yield to him. And I would venture to say, I would venture to say that the Holy Spirit has impressed upon each of us at some time, the Holy Spirit has prompted uh, each of us at some time to say something. Yeah, you say, well, how do you know that? Because that's the business of the Holy Spirit to get people into the kingdom of God. And because we are the vessel, we are the instrument, we are the one who he uses to do that. So, there is not a believer that he has not prompted. Say something. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. Uh, there's a... Um, um, You know what? I'm not sure if it's a verse. I know, I know it's a, um, it has been said, if we open our mouths, God will fill it. Is that a verse? 
Yeah, okay. So, so we have to open our mouths, though, right? Because if we, don't, <laughs> if we don't open our mouths when God is prompting us to say something, then it can't be filled. God can't. Uh, God wants to use us mightily. And he will. I said he will. But we have to yield to him. We have to yield to the spirit of God. But before we yield, we have to present ourselves to God. We have to present ourselves. Look at uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Romans 12, uh, New King James reads this way. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present, everybody say present, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, which is your reasonable service. So we are to present ourselves, according to the Bible here, it's a reasonable service to do that. We present ourselves to God, and God will use us. Y'all remember uh, uh, Isaiah? Isaiah there in uh, in, uh, uh, chapter 8, I think it's verse 6, and God posed a question to Isaiah, right? And that question that God, that God asked uh, uh, Isaiah was, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah, uh, Isaiah's response to God was, here I am, Lord. Send me. So what was, what was Isaiah doing? He was simply presenting himself. He was presenting himself uh, to God to use him to carry the word, the, the word to people. And that's what God is saying to us. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ has already done that part. Y'all know there in Mark 6, uh, 16, 15, right? What does it say? Go ye. Well, who is he talking to? Go, Darnell. Go, Rose. Go, Minister Linda. Go, Quinette. Go, Minister Floyd. Go, Cynthia. Go. He didn't say sit still. He says, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I know there are some pretty bad looking creatures out there, but listen, he says, preach to them regardless. Preach to them. Whosoever believe and is baptized shall be saved. Those who believe not shall be condemned. And then uh, looking at in the book of uh, uh, the gospel of Matthew 28 and, and, and verse 20, at the end of that verse, Jesus said this, and lo, I am with you always. Lo, 
I am with you always, even until the end of the age, assuring us that we are not in this alone, assuring us that he would never leave us, assuring us that he would never forsake us, assuring us that he would never disappoint us, assuring us that he would never fail us, assuring us that he's there with you. It's not so much me. It's him. It's him. So, so. Uh, let's go here real quick because I, I, did, I did say this when I was here last. I said that I was going to uh, share with you uh, some, some practical <clears throat> tips uh, uh, of effective and successful um, soul winning, right? So let's go to Ephesians real quick. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, verse 10, another familiar verse of Scripture, but I'm going to read this from uh, King James, and then I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. And when I read it from the Message Paraphrase, we're going to see it a little different than we usually, um, than we usually look at it. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in in them. And then reading that from the Message Bible, starting in verse 7, it says, Now God has us where he wants us, with all the time in this world and the next, to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. Saving is all his ideal and all his work. We, all we do is trust him enough to let him do it. Should I read that again? Saving is all his idea, speaking of God, and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play a major role. <laughs> if we did, we probably would go around bragging uh, that we did, that we done the whole thing. Y'all know how the flesh is. The flesh like to brag, right? <laughs> no, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and saving. He created each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work, this is the last part of it, work we had better be doing. Work we had better. So, look, we don't play a major role in this whole thing. I can't save a fly. Neither can you. We can't save anybody. But we can be the instrument in which God works through to get people saved. And that's what God wants to do. Can y'all say Amen. Okay, so let me give you uh, these uh, tips. Uh, you might want to write them down. These are practical uh, tips, all right, for effective and successful soul winning. Tip number one, pray. Everybody say pray. Pray regularly for those outside of the kingdom of God. Pray for the loss. You want to pray for the loss. 
uh, uh, Second Peter 3, uh, 9 says this. It says that God would that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. How many is all? All. All is that person that you run into. All is your neighbor. All is your grocery store clerk. All is whoever. He wants all to come into the kingdom. So when you pray, when you pray, um, there's nothing that you want to try and do on an eternal level without bathing it in prayer. Because, because prayer is the key. It is said that uh, no prayer, no power. No prayer, no power. So what prayer does is it prepares your heart. And when you're praying for the loss, what it also does is it gives you a heart. It gives you a burden for the loss. And prayer, prayer is God's uh, way of drawing people to Christ. So prayer is a setup. So we want to pray. Can y'all say pray? Tip number two. Make the person of Jesus the main focus when witnessing to others. The person of Jesus, who Jesus is, what he has done on the cross for all of us, what he has done in your life and what he's doing in your life on a personal basis. You, you, you. Jesus is always the, the main theme, not, not uh, your church, not your denomination, not even your pastor. Now, you can talk about all of those things, right? But Jesus is always the center because the power to save is in the gospel. You can talk about your church all day long. But if you do not incorporate the gospel, you're just talking about, look, there are, there are uh, religions that they base the foundation of their belief system on their church. So your church, obviously the church is important, but that is not the central theme, Jesus is always the central thing. Keep it on him. Amen? What did, what did uh, Paul say there in Romans 1.16? Go ahead. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is, what? The power unto salvation. To everyone who believes, right? The Greek and the Gentile. So that's where the power is. Tip number three, always be yourself. Always be yourself. There is no one that can be you, and you can't be somebody else. Always be yourself. God wants to use your personality as a tool to win people in the kingdom. Always be yourself. There in uh, uh, Psalms 139, 14, he says, I will praise the Lord. For you have fearfully and wonderfully made me. There is no one else made like you. He says, marvelous is your work. Marvelous is your work. And this my soul knows very well. So there's no one like you. 
God wants to use you. Be yourself. You don't, you don't have to perform. You don't have to, you know, do uh, back over uh, somersaults. I mean, unless you just want to. I don't care. But, but my, my point is, if that's you, be you. Can y'all say amen? Listen, most of the time, when people, when people um, see that you are being uh, genuine and authentic and, 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 and transparent, they will respect you and listen to you. Just be you. Tip number four. Don't get into foolish arguments with people. Don't get into foolish arguments with people. Second Timothy 2.24 says, The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle to all men, apt to teach, and patient. So you don't want to get into arguments with people. Uh, you you, you got to understand that some people just want to argue. And, and while you, you are spending your precious time arguing with them, there are people who need Jesus who's passing you up. So, so you know, and, and that's the ploy of the, of the devil. It's a distraction. Don't, don't, don't be distracted by, uh, you know, people who just want to argue. Let them argue with themselves. They probably do that anyway. But we don't want to spend the time. Amen? Tip number five. Don't try to convince anyone about Jesus. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict the person. Did y'all hear what I said? Because sometimes, you know, you, you, you stand there with someone and, you know, you got to uh, uh, go this way and this way and that way to try and uh, convince them or persuade them. No, the Holy Spirit. You remember? Uh, there in Ephesians, Message Bible, we don't play a major role in this. We're the vessel. We're the instrument. Right? Uh, uh, John uh, 16, 8, Jesus said that when the Spirit comes, he will convict people of sin and of righteousness, right, and of judgment. So the Holy Spirit, he'll do his job. We just have to do our job, amen? And our job is to be the vessel and to open our mouth and declare the gospel. Tip number, number six, always treat people with love and respect. Always treat people with love and respect when you are witnessing to them. It doesn't matter uh, who they are. It doesn't matter where they came from. It doesn't matter whether they're male, female. It doesn't matter how young or how old, what their ethnic background is, what their race is. Always treat people with respect. That in and of itself will draw them. Treat them with respect. They're, they're in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and 4, the what we refer to as the love chapter in the, uh, the uh, Passion Translation, it says that love does not traffic in disrespect and shame. So, so when we get out, outside of uh, not respecting someone, we may be getting outside of love. Amen? Tip number seven, don't beat around the bush. Don't beat around the bush. <laughs> Let the message of Jesus, Jesus, be as direct, clear, and to the point as possible. Uh, unless the Spirit of God leads you differently. 
Don't beat around the bush. Sometimes people want to sugarcoat the gospel. They want to water it down. No. Let it be direct. Let it be clear. Let it be to the point. Y'all remember there in the book of Acts, right, chapter 2, when, when uh, Peter stood up and he preached to the mass. And, and there in verse 38, it says that their hearts were pricked. He preached, he preached Jesus. Direct, clear, to the point. Amen? Uh, tip number eight, don't underestimate your testimony. Don't underestimate your testimony. Look, we all have a testimony, and people need to hear it. Your testimony is an aid to faith. You, but listen, it's always about the gospel. Uh, your testimony alone without, uh, your testimony is to be incorporated into the gospel. Your testimony alone uh, is you just talking about yourself, right? So, so but you want to use your testimony, but you all, all, always want to preach the gospel. You want to preach Jesus. Amen? Tip number, number nine. Make evangelism a lifestyle, not just an event. Make it a lifestyle. So don't, don't just settle for witnessing occasionally, but make it a part of your everyday lifestyle. You want to share Jesus everywhere you go, everyone that you uh, come in contact with, you want to share Jesus with them. What, what does, uh, they're, they're in, um, uh, what is it? Second uh, Corinthians 2, 14, right? It says, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Many times when we are quoting that, that, that verse, we stop there. But it goes on to say this, and make manifest the savor of his knowledge in every place. Make manifest the savor of his knowledge in every place. Everywhere we go, the knowledge of God is to be made known. Everywhere we go, the light of God is to shine. Everywhere we go, the salt is to be spreaded. Make his knowledge, his truth. I, I, I tell you what, I make it a point. I make it a point. I, I mean, things really have to be uh, tight for me not to uh, uh, witness to someone that I interact with. If I, ha if I have an opportunity to have a conversation with them, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. Can y'all say amen? Come on, y'all looking at me like cow to Newgate. I haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> Number 10. Don't let rejection keep you from sharing the gospel with others. I think, I think that, that that probably is a um, pretty big thing with uh, uh, believers, the fear of being rejected. But this is, this is you want to always understand this. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting 
Jesus. So, so if we don't have a, a personal uh, a agenda, then we don't have to worry about feeling rejected. It's not you. It's Jesus. Look, everyone that rejects Jesus, there's going to always be someone who is going to accept him and surrender their life to him. Be, be like a good salesperson. A salesperson, a good salesperson, they know their product, right? And if you know that your product is good, just because you get turned down by this individual, I'm headed to the next one. Always go to the next one. Because we got the best product in the universe. Come on, y'all. <laughs> you know your product is good. There is. Come on now. So don't let rejection stop you from sharing the gospel. Number 11. Let your life be a witness to others and preach the gospel at all times. Now, now see, sometimes people, uh, they only want to use their life. I've heard people say this, right? Well, you know, my life is a witness. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, uh, it's understandable that, you know, it's Christ who is in you that, that, that convicts and, and that draws people and attracts people to him. But once they are, are, are drawn to him, once they are attracted to him, and once they come to you and, and, and say, there's something about you. Well, now you got to preach the gospel. You can't just let them admire you. You got to preach the gospel. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them why they were attracted to you. Tell them why they were drawn to you. It's not just about your lifestyle. And we promote. We promote a wholesome and, and, and godly lifestyle. Absolutely. That's what you want to do. That's what's going to attract them. But it's not only that. Again, it's the power of the gospel that brings salvation. Just because someone see me acting good, they can't get saved just off of that. There's a lot of people who act good. Tip number 12. After leading people to the Lord, you want to keep loving them by following up with them, if possible. In other words, you want to follow up with new believers. That new believer that you just uh, prayed with to receive Jesus, they are now your brother and sister in the Lord. So you want to, if possible, this, this don't, can't, or don't always happen. It's not possible for it to always happen. But if possible, follow up with them. See, I know where Craig stays, right over there. In fact, I invited him to the youth service tonight. You follow up with them. Get contact uh, information if possible. Everybody may not want to do that, that uh, you pray with. But if it's possible, listen, I keep, I keep a, a, um, a log in my, in my uh, smartphone, right, of every person I play with, uh, I pray with. You say, well, why do you do that? You just put in a notch in your gun, in your gun, right? No, I pray over those people. I pray the uh, Pauline prayers over those people. They're in the kingdom now. And, and, I, and I, make, I set a goal every year of the number of people that I'm going to pray with and, and, and bring into the kingdom of God. 
And I'm way ahead of my, the goal I set for this year. Come on, this stuff is, this is God business. This is God stuff. And he's very serious about it. And I can be just as serious about it as he is. Number 13, began witnessing today. This is our last tip. Began witnessing today. If you've never evangelized before, or if it's been a while since you have uh, uh, evangelized, now is the time to, if you've never, now is the time to ignite. If it's been a while, now is the time to reignite the fire. Make the decision to do it today. And so, of course, we have that workshop scheduled in uh, a couple of weeks. And it's just going to give you the tools. It's going to equip you to do this. We're just vessels. But working with tools, one of the, one of the, um, the greatest things about being equipped is uh, it alleviates uh, uh, fear. Because that can, the devil uses fear. But if you are equipped, you're confident. Can y'all say amen? One of the, 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 what is the last thing that Jesus, I'm going to close. The last thing that Jesus said when he left the earth, right? He says, go and tell somebody about my goodness. Go tell somebody about my goodness. So, so what is the gospel? The gospel is glad tidings. The gospel is good news. It's good news. There's bad news all around us. The gospel is good news. What is, what is the found, uh, uh, fundamental truth of the gospel? Jesus died. He was buried. He was raised from the dead. Look, without the resurrection, uh, believers don't have an effective witness. But we're the only ones who do. Buddha is still in the grave. Joseph Smith is still in the grave. Muhammad is still in the grave. Jesus is alive. That's your witness. That's your witness. And he will confirm. Holy Ghost will confirm that he's alive when you open your mouth. It's, it's, it's because of the resurrection that we are able to walk in newness of life. And that life is to shine. Can y'all say amen? Amen.